0: Welcome in the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reason Sports Network. I'm Ethan Skolnick. Make sure you check out fivereasonsports.com. New columns this week from Nakia Stungin and also from Greg Sylvander, our NBA columnist. I'll also have something up in the next couple of days. Heat losing streak has pushed it back, plus my just general procrastination. Also check out the other podcasts in our network, Three Yards Per Carry, all the combine coverage. That's actually going on as we speak. A lot of guys running around in their underwear i've covered that event before um also check out five rings canes balls cast will be back soon i am told the of ball podcast and our big push alex is involved with this our youtube channel not only are you going to get our podcast there our post game videos everything that comes out of locker room but also some original shows we've got an original dolphin show that's on there now from lewis sung uh, which kind of takes everybody's twitter and facebook comments on the dolphins and mocks them and plays around with them um, on this YouTube show. And actually, it's kind of similar to what we've been doing here on Five on the Floor of Late. Before we get to today's episode, I want to talk about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. You can find them at onecalllegal.com. Onecalllegal.com. Make sure you spell it out, O-N-E, calllegal.com. They've got someone there 24 hours a day to ha- handle your case, <clears throat> Excuse me. whether it's personal injury, immigration, slip and fall, traffic ticket, sports law, anything that you can think of, they handle it, and they handle cases from all over the state based right there in North Miami, just south of the Golden Glades off 108th and 7th Ave. So go check out the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. Again, it's onecalllegal.com. And now, today's episode.
1: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alfonso Sydney. A 954, brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network.
0: All right, Ethan Skolnick back. I've got Alex Toledo, um, but something a little bit different for you. Um, our friend Alphonse Sidney was supposed to be in Colombia by now. Are you aware of this, Alex, uh, that he missed his flight today to Medellin? Did you know this?
1: No, I did not know this.
0: Yes. Uh, he's blaming it on all kinds of other people. Um, now, I've been to Columbia before, as people might uh, suspect. I don't think I'll be probably going back anytime soon at this rate. Uh, but Alf, uh, I don't know, just delayed at 24 hours, uh, seemed inebriated when I spoke to him earlier this afternoon. Oh, I can,
1: I can confirm. I don't even have to ask. I just know yeah. if, if he got delayed at the airport, what, what do you think he's doing?
0: Well, exactly. And uh, and then he compared himself to me in some way. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I said, can you pod <laughs> with us tonight now that you're here another night? And it just didn't happen. So, so uh, we're going to permanently replace Alf um, because he was delinquent in his duties, not just on getting on a plane, but also then making one up with us because he hasn't potted with both of us in a while. And we're going to go not just across the pond, we're going to go across a few ponds um, and we're going to introduce our next guest, who I think some people are getting familiar with on Twitter. That's where I found his work. Uh, you can find him at Simon Sperling on Twitter. Um, he is kind of the overseas answer to our own Christian Hernandez. We're going to have to have a stat battle here on the podcast. Um, Simon is joining us, not our Simon Clancy from Three Arts Per Carry. He's based in London, but Simon Smith, who currently, where are you right now?
2: Uh, I'm in Melbourne, Australia, so I'm just at my
0: at my home computer. Yeah. Melbourne, Australia. This is – just, again, I'm going to tell a little anecdote and then we're going to get to Simon. People don't understand the impact that the heat have around the world. And among the people who didn't understand it was Dwayne Wade because he always tells this story about the first time he went to – I believe it was uh, the Philippines, I, I think. okay, It wasn't China because China he had been to before. First time he went there, he didn't think anybody was going to meet him there on the plane. And he was there with Lisa Joseph, who managed a lot of his affairs. And she just tweeted out, this was like early stage Twitter, just tweeted out that he was going to be somewhere. And like 5,000 people showed up, you know, and it was like an hour before they were about to land. I don't really think people understand the impact of the heat. So Simon, before we kind of get to the information you're going to bring today, give us your background a little bit. How did you become a heat fan? Who are you working for now? All that good stuff.
2: Uh, I mean, I've, I started following the NBA actually in probably 1991. So like I've been following for about 30 years. So, um, started with the Bulls, the Jordan era and all that sort of thing, worked my way around. And I mean, it's a funny story, but I mean, it's not a funny story, but I was actually in Miami the day that the, of the decision. So that's basically how I started following the heat. I was actually in Miami the day of the announcement, with LeBron joining and, um, I've basically, yeah, I've been sort of passionately involved ever since. So obviously I was a bandwagon jumper at first, but um, that's that's the long, that's the sort of short short tale of how I became a Heat follower.
0: So not only did the Heat get Bosch and LeBron that day, they got you um, all, all at the same time. <laughs> not that yeah. you, like, like you said, not that you're the only one, because there, there were a lot of others that they got. Now most of, most of those, Alex, could we say most of those have left? Right,
1: yeah. The, a lot the, of them were, were were American fans who were following around LeBron, and you know have now moved on to being Lakers fans. Or like Cuffs the
0: legend, like that yeah. one. Oh se- wow, seventy three nine, and they lied. Right, that isn't that his tag. I, I've met him a few times, by the way. Because when, when oh was, really? Well, because I was following LeBron around too, but I was doing it for work. Um hmm. Cuffs was doing it. <laughs> wow, Cuffs was doing it to pretend to be Drake. Right. Like he, he would get the seats right there. Like he's like, I I guess Nick Wright is like the media version of cuffs. Right. Like yeah, except without the benefits, without, right. Without the benefit. I don't know if LeBron knows who Nick Wright is. Not sure. Um, but, but Nick Wright is pushing that agenda. Um, so anyway, bandwagoners who stay, (coughs) I think we respect, right? Like if you, if you were a heat fan, but you stayed a heat fan like through the Henry Walker era, like I, I, I think, I think you deserve to stay. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't.
2: I mean, following Cleveland is obviously not an option. So it's like, well, <laughs> you need to stay with something. And um, I, I just, I mean, I, I remember just towards the end of um, when LeBron was uh, with the Heat, that Lebetsard did one of his rants, and that sort of got me sort of attached to Miami a bit more. If you remember when he was doing those um, sort of, of twos, yeah. and that that sort of got. That, that, I mean, it didn't get me. Completely over the line, but it's sort of. I thought, well, I'm not going to leave Miami now, so that
0: that was sort of what kept me going, and here we are. All right, so we adopt you. So we're all the way from Melbourne. All right, so let's get. Yeah, was to it some worth reasons. it? Say so that again. Was it worth it?
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like um, <laughs> obviously the first couple, first year was obviously disappointing, but I mean it's obviously been up and down for what you now three years, and obviously now this year's been terrific. You know, by the last fortnight, but it's good fun.
0: I don't think Alf would ever use the phrase fortnight or uh, the word fortnight in our pod. So we've already I upgraded the level it. of intellectualism uh, here on the podcast. I feel like again, I have got the other Simon with me uh, for three yards per carry. All right, so so let's go let's go to some stuff, Simon, because Alex and I have basically beaten this to death. I was mentioning this to you before Alex came on today. That you know, he and I have done a bunch of podcasts. So as with Alf, I mean, the, the team's lost seven of nine. Uh, they look dispirited. Um, they, they just don't look the same. I think Bam said at practice today exactly what I kind of witnessed last night, which is that they're not playing with any joy. He said him and Jimmy have to bring the joy back, but Jimmy looked every anything but joyful yesterday. Um, Alex and I were in the locker room, and Jimmy was kind of staring at his phone for like 10 minutes before the media came over. He looked very distressed. When the media came over, he did about two and a half minutes. I mean, I, I think – You know, again, people have asked what's going on with him. I think it's up to Jimmy to tell people what's going on with him if he wants to. I don't think he should feel obligated to. I'm certainly not going to do it. I don't have all the details, but I have enough of an idea uh, to know this is a difficult time for him. But what we're going to kind of look at is Alex and I have have broken this down a number of different ways. Um, But I want to start with some stuff, some stats and numbers that you put out related to a guy who I always defend. because I think part of it is just because I like him. I like his game. I respect how hard he's played for Miami, uh, but I think there's some things right now we really can't ignore. What's some of the stuff you found on Goran Dragic in the clutch?
2: Yeah, <laughs> um, oh, where do we start? But I mean, I mean, I suppose the main thing is that I mean, we we're just speaking off air before is that he um, obviously he's 33 now and he's. You know whether or not he's you know he's said himself that he's not quite as fast as he once was and um whether that you know whether or not that affects his three point shooting he's zero of 11 from three and in his 67 clutch minutes this season which is obviously pretty horrific but um it's yeah it's one of those things where um it's it's hard i don't know it's it's just, it's hard to put a put a pinpoint on because he he is the leading scorer for the Heat over the course of the season in the fourth quarter, he's got over two hundred points in total. So, um, I mean, it's just more—it's more the um, the bottom line facts. He's a minus thirty-one. He's four of twenty from the field in the clutch all season. So, I mean, you know, whether you put it all down to Goran's a bit—a bit sort of—you know—that's a bit tough. But at the end of the day, it's—I um, mean, there's probably you know there's probably twenty factors that are all counted. You know, as one, but mm-hmm. Goran's probably the one that's just sort of stood out if, if you just go by a statistical sort of standpoint.
0: Now, is that okay? And again, now defense is a whole other issue where his plus yeah. minus is pretty horrific there. But I, I mean, offense is what he's generally provided the rest of the game. Now, the observation that I've had on this and the numbers kind of back this up is he seems to play really well in the first six minutes of the fourth quarter and then fall apart. Um, and I'm just wondering, I'll go to Alex on this. And one thing we've observed is sometimes he puts – Spolster puts Dragic in kind of like halfway through or four minutes left in the third quarter and then doesn't take him out. like or am yeah, not take a fan of that. For, right? For very long, right? So it, I, I, I'm not – like He's at the point where he should not
1: be doing that, right? Like he's too old for this. Right. Uh, especially like if you're trying to get something out of him in the fourth quarter as a creator and to be – you know. At least not horrific on defense. Yeah, maybe you should start playing him more in short bursts, especially, you know, when Hero comes back and they have a little bit more creation. But I think the other problem with Goron, not with the defense, is like they don't have any point of attack defenders on that end. So it looks even worse on him because they're just going from none to Goron and there's no real like defense at that position now. So I think it stands out even more, right? Because they're just their defense is always bleeding from that position now.
0: Well, and the other part of that and uh, Simon and I were talking about this before we came on air is I was looking at some of the, okay, so one another guy who posts some some numbers here on Twitter, he goes actually by the, the Mad Heat fan. I don't know if you follow the Mad Heat fan. Um, I, you know, again, we we try to engage Twitter as much as we can, but be, these numbers are legitimate. Um, I, I cross-checked them. So, okay, Kendrick Nunn alone. 1245 minutes has 114 offensive rating. I'm rounding these up 114 offensive rating and 108 defensive rating for a plus six. So Kendrick Nunn alone is a plus six. Goran Dragic alone in 920 minutes is 116 offensive rating, about 110 defensive rating. So about a plus six. Both of them alone are pretty damn good, right? Now here's what they are with both of them on 410 minutes. 110 offensive rating, 116 defensive rating, a minus six. So he tweets, this shouldn't be happening, somebody tells Spo. And this is one of those cases where, like, if Alf was on right now, we would say, I test theater, checks out. Because I, all year long, Alex, I've been saying, like, watching Dragic and Nunn together, it looks like they just met for the first time. Like ga- Do they have any chemistry together? I don't feel like they've developed. Like, like, the chemistry that Dragic developed with Dion. Like I don't see it with none at it's all. It's because
1: none doesn't get to the basket like Dion does, or at least like right. he did in that one year when they won so much. Like Dion, the past couple of seasons has turned into more of a pull-up jump shooter. But back then, he was he had a nice little steady diet of uh, drives to the rim, and passing out uh, pull-up jumpers, and I think that it, it was a really good mix with Goran. And I think that's why it was a good mix with Jimmy because Jimmy's always the one attacking. Goran doesn't it takes the pressure off Goran to be attacking. Because he can't really do it anymore. It's, he made his career off of that. But now, if like, Goran's whole offense is, is, you know, pull-up shooting whenever the defense drops. It's just the timing on those shots now. And, and I feel like none, it's like neither of them are great point guards. Dragic is obviously better in that end. Mm-hmm. But they're not, neither are natural creators. So, it can be kind of awkward. They're both minuses on defense. Small lineup. So, it's just not a great fit.
0: Have you seen anything there? Is, is, there, is there any numbers, Simon, that would be out there that suggests who Goran should be playing with?
2: Oh, uh, that's put me on the spot. Um, just going, I mean, just going through, I mean, i posted this a few weeks ago, I can't remember, but just, I mean, without stats, but I test, but I'm not sure how well he plays with, say, Duncan Robinson. Like, just, he just seems to, I mean, Goran is, I mean, I love Goran, but he seems to just sort of work in, you know, pick and roll with whoever the big is and then he'll either pull up or he'll... What not? But just for the season of all the – where are we? I'm just grabbing one here. I mean, Duncan Robinson has made, I'm just reading, 244 field goals for the season and only 17 have been assisted by Goran. So the most have been by Bam and obviously he, he works well with the bigs and all that sort of thing. So that's probably one player I'm not sure they work together. Obviously, they don't work together. Oh, that's
0: interesting. So 244 field goals. And yeah. Ostensibly, the only point guard. I mean, if we still call Goron a point guard, the Heat don't have a point guard on the whole roster right now. The, I mean, the way that the players play, right, Jimmy. Right. Uh, and and Justice is in Memphis, uh, so they don't really they don't really have a point guard. But like the, the, to have 17 out of 244. So I mean, you're basically talking about one out of every 12 of his field goals. And and got, obviously, all of Duncan's field goals are assisted because he's not creating off the dribble much for himself. Uh, I mean, a little bit, I guess, but not a ton. To only have that much from Goron tells you something. But, you know, that's always an interesting stat to me. I remember looking at that LeBron's first year back in Cleveland and like his his percentage of baskets that were assisted like nosedived from where it was with the Heat. And it was just, and there were like no assists from Kyrie. (laughs) It was just like obvious that like, you know, it was all one-on-one isolation stuff. The Heat don't do that. But Goron does sometimes. I mean, that that's a little bit his his game, as Alex mentions. Um, I, just from an eye test perspective, um, I mean, Goron seems to have some rapport with Bam, um, you know, and, and then he has, and and to me, from an eye test, but also a locker room perspective, he has it with Jimmy, um, but not down the stretch lately, right? Like that, that's, and, and and so I want to I want to pivot a little bit here. Um, this has been getting a lot of attention on Twitter today. Is is people are actually looking at Jimmy's numbers in the clutch, um, and what is he like one of thirteen now or something like that on on three point shots in, in clutch in clutch situation. I don't know. The number is horrific. I, I was I was the fact at- that he's taken that many
1: in the clutch is kind of crazy to me.
0: I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up because there was, there was a, a, a Philadelphia uh, – somebody from Philly obviously was pushing this.
1: Like, today. I might have been surprised if you told me he's taking 13 threes all season. And you just told me that he's taking those in the clutch. All right, that, let me see what I can find. Okay, That might be go. a little much.
0: All right, this is also – somebody else pushed this from Cleveland, okay? But I'm going to – not Cleveland, I'm sorry, Philadelphia. This is my anti-Cleveland bias. All right, but also this is from the Mad Heat fan also, okay?
2: Um, he shot 3 of 18 for the season.
0: 3 of 18, okay. Uh, so, see? Oh my God yeah yeah well here here overall look at it um eighty nine minutes seventy nine points he's shooting thirty two percent overall in the clutch, and I remember guys' percentages do dip in the clutch, like even dwayne's numbers look at again r i p Kobe, one of the arguments I always had about Kobe through the years was there was this perception that he was amazing in the clutch when actually Dwayne's clutch numbers were much better than Kobe's, and Kobe's were not very good, okay, but <clears throat> so. But, but right, right. Uh, 14 rebounds, 15 assists, six turnovers, two steals in a block. I mean, uh, this, this comparison was made to Chris Middleton, who shot 27% in the clutch this year, taking half as many shots as Jimmy. Um, you know, so the point was Jimmy's not as bad as he seems, but I mean, he is still 32% in the clutch. And, um, and oh, here's the stat. It's when Butler's going for a game winner situation this season, he's one of 16, Right, because <laughs> he, he was lot. one of he was one of fifteen going into that shot last night. Now, again, I, I, I'm going to temper it a little bit by saying, if you look at a lot of really good players, their numbers get worse in the clutch. One of sixteen, though, <laughs> is, is a different level. So, if we're basically saying, I mean, we want to know why this thing is nosedived on the heat at the end of games. The two guys who you know are their best sort of creators, Jimmy and Goran, have been horrible at the end of games. Is it that simple? Can we just make that statement?
2: That, in addition to the fact, obviously, Tyler's been out for the past, you know, three weeks or whatever it is, and his, his clutch numbers this year are just insane, aren't they? So, mm-hmm. uh, 8 of 15 threes for the year. I mean, that's in that's overtime, he's... He shot six of 11 threes in overtime. The rest of the team shot six of twenty-six. So, <laughs>
0: um, well, and you had a Bam number that was interesting to me, right? Like, what, what was what we were talk- what was the one we were talking about on air that Bam essentially is the only effective player in, in these situations of late, right?
2: Oh yeah, sorry, that's the past yeah. So the past two sorry, the past two weeks, part, oh, sorry, the last eight games has been four clutch games. So Bam has shot five of eleven.
0: For no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H E L pcom Miami Heat.
1: And it works
0: everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense.
1: Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said,
0: done.
2: And the rest of the team have shot five of (laughs) 30-something. Yeah. So, like, he's the only one with multiple field goal makes in the past two weeks in the clutch.
0: All right, so... All right, so, so let's do this because I always like to do this with the numbers. I mean, again, you know, you, you, sample size is always an issue, but you start to see certain trends, right? Okay, okay. so if that's the case, let's, let's be spolster for a second, right? Because I've commented that Heat fans have basically decided that nobody can play down the stretch but Bam and Jimmy. And now we're even okay. seeing Jimmy's numbers down the stretch are not good, but yeah. you're not taking him off the floor, right? Yeah. So then he makes the three-for-three offense-defense substitutions against Minnesota. You know, Crowder, DJJ, and, uh, and Iguodala on defense, even though Iggy doesn't seem to be playing any defense. And then on offense, Robinson, uh, Nunn, and Dragic, because you don't have Hero, okay? So you're going three for three. Um, who, I'm Simon, looking at the numbers just specifically, I mean, since they're playing so many tight games or games that are blowouts that they're turning into tight games because they're, they're choking away 20-point leads, yeah. what would, who would you play? Like, just looking at the numbers, like, who, would you go for the offense guys? Would you go for the defense guys? Is it some combination? Like, wh- what direction should Eric be going?
2: Just, I mean, my opinion, I'd be going for a combination. So, obviously, the two, Jimmy, but Jimmy and Bam, um, I mean, you'd have to – I'd put in I'd, – honestly, I'd have Crowder, Duncan Robinson, and probably um, – Tyler, when, when, until Tyler Hero's back, I'd put in Kendrick Nunn. Okay. I'd just have Jimmy as the creator and just hope that the, the others can hit shots, you know, when they're there. And obviously, you've got if you've got Andre and um, Crowder out there defensively, but, you know, you probably just... I like throwing. that
1: idea. I've been, I've been wanting to see those types of lineups more, especially, you know, when Hero comes back, you know, a, a closing lineup of Jimmy, Bam, and then you have Duncan and Hero for the shooting. And then the fifth guy is Crowder or maybe like a a lineup like that, I think was really helpful for the clutch.
0: So so a blended lineup so that you don't have to do this offense defense stuff.
1: Yeah. And like, obviously Duncan is somebody who constantly gets targeted in the fourth, but the hope there is that you have so much offense between Duncan and Hero, you know, surrounding Bam and between Crowder, who's been pretty good and enough, enough defense with Jimmy Bam and Crowder there that it's enough of a balance, but I feel like we haven't seen much of that yet. Like we've seen a lot of the Jimmy Bam, two defenders, one shooter.
0: So, so basically what's going to happen then though, if you, if you're talking about that, then the two vets are the guys that get squeezed. Right. So, so we're basically saying Dragic and Iguodala. No,
1: I mean, I I mean, just, I think Iguodala is like almost, uh, you know, him and Crowder are kind of replaceable depending who's better that day, or maybe there's a matchup that makes more sense for one of them. But I think all of this really does come down to matchups more than anything else.
0: Well, do you have any numbers, Simon, on DJJ? Oh. <laughs> um, in terms of the clutch or? Just, just anything. I mean, is there anything that shows? I, he's one of the hardest players on the roster for me to figure out. Uh, okay, because, how about this? Yeah. How about if
1: I pose a question like this? Simon, would okay. you put Derrick Jones Jr. as a fourth quarter player? I know, like, matchup dependent, but, like, do you see him as somebody that they can use as a point of def- a point of attack defender? In the fourth quarter, even with all his deficiencies, and like, could you
2: build a good lineup? that you is that could reliable? I mean, Just my opinion, I wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, I mean, obviously they tried yesterday. They played him at the five, which was pretty weird. I had not seen
0: that before. Well, that, I, I, think it worked, I think that was it, well, it worked because Minnesota had no size. But I, I don't. It was <laughs> odd. I, it was odd. Yeah, because he was Play. playing with
2: he was playing with Andre and, and Crowder, and they were both. I mean, Crowder couldn't hit anything yesterday, obviously, and. DJJ is pretty hot and cold. He can go well and he can't. But, I mean, obviously, I mean, defensively he's there, but I wouldn't be – with just with the options they've got now, defensively, I, I, I wouldn't have him in. But, you know, I'm not going to say it's the wrong thing to do. But, yeah.
0: Because, because it feels like they've bought into him, right? Like I, I, and that's, but, but when we had this conversation, Alex, like we were talking about, okay, when a hero comes back – and, by the way, I, I don't know if this qualifies as news or not. I, I tweeted out tonight – he's already been ruled out for Friday along with Myers Leonard. But, and I'm hearing it's going to be a while for Tyler. Now I, I know Tyler came out at the all-star break and, and basically told us he wasn't supposed to tell us the team wasn't happy. He told us there was no media official around him, which is why he told us but that <laughs> but that originally I saw a heat official the next day. who was like, Oh God, you guys got one. Um, Cause that wasn't supposed to get out that basically, you know, Tyler had been told initially that it was a foot, not an ankle. And that he was gonna be out uh, for the rest of the regular season, but that it wasn't as bad as they anticipated. I'm telling you, I'm hearing maybe that his the original diagnosis may be a little closer to the truth. So I'm not expecting him. I'm not gonna say he's gonna be out for the rest of the regular season but I'm not expecting him back in the next week. Let's just put it that way. I, 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 re- I would be surprised. And I know I've gone out on a limb on this before and said I didn't expect Justice to play anytime soon. And everybody called me out on it when he played 15 minutes in Indiana and then he never played again. I, <laughs> I, you know, So is it possible Hero shows up? Yes. Uh, am I expecting it at this point? No. So I'll just put it that way. But let, let's, let's just say when, and Myers is, is, is a ways away. I can tell you that. If you saw him, I mean, you don't even have to talk to him. You just have to watch him walk. He's a ways away, so if you're looking at at hero and and Myers back though um one of the conversations that Alex and I had, Simon was that d j j may be the odd guy out because if you go back to the original starting lineup, which was working okay with Myers in there uh, with uh you know with Bam and Jimmy and Nunn and Robinson, but then your bench becomes a Linux, and then you're basically choosing two of the three sort of wing defender guys, DJJ Crowder and Iguadala, plus hero and Dragic. So, I mean, you're not going to play 11 consistently. Silva goes back to the bench. Haslam goes back to coaching basically. Right. Um, and, and that's essentially where you are. And then, you know, Solomon Hill too. Um, but we, we've basically said DJJ may be the odd guy out. It sounds to me like you sort of view that the same way. Right. But, th- but then Alex is reluctant on this one.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd agree with that. I'm just, I mean, the last few games have just been a little, I mean, obviously, it's i mean, it's hard to say, but Kelly's been shooting lights out and for whatever reason, he's been stuck at sort of 15, 16 minutes like per game. And I don't know, I mean, he just, just on the, I mean, just the eye test, he looked excellent. Yesterday he, could, he was three of three. Um, on three-pointers, and he's, I mean, I don't know. They're trying
1: him out in that Myers role where they're like, oh, we're only going to have you with that starting lineup that's so well, and we see how well you play with Bam. So we're going to keep you in the beginning of the first, beginning of the third, like how they did with Myers at the beginning of the season.
2: He's had 140 net rating, for I mean, sorry, offensive rating over the last three games. I'm just sort of –
1: Is it just about playing next to Bam in the starting lineup? Because we saw how successful that pairing was last season.
0: Well, two years ago in particular, right? It was even better two years ago, I thought yeah when yeah that they, have been good yeah um
2: but djj i think yeah with i mean with the guys that have come in i think i think yeah i mean i think he'll be he'll be the old man out but i mean that's yeah
1: i think that's an interesting like situation there because we've, we've talked about this over and over again like Ethan said but they have a very like they have a weakness on defense specifically at the point of attack ever since they traded winslow who wasn't yeah. playing much but you know they have a there's an obvious hole there for guys like Kemba. Like they're probably not going to play the Celtics in the playoffs, but if that matchup, whatever come to fruition, it will be an issue because they can't really switch like a guy like Jimmy onto Kemba because then you would have, you know, one of Tatum or Brown or Hayward being guarded by another bad defender. So it's just like, I I feel like they can find a way to be creative and harness that aspect of him. And also the rebounding, which has been an issue, but at the same time, it's just an awkward fit because now when, senator comes back he's going to be in the starting lineup and then from there it's like are, are your backup three four and five just going to be crowder iggy and Derek? It's, it's going to be kind of a weird fit when he when they're all healthy again
2: yeah i thought the offensive rebounding killed us especially against the Cavs in overtime that was like a killer like well that's a been role. a consistent
0: that's been yeah. a consistent problem now that's been a huge problem in the zone uh what's weird about it is they're they played nance wrong. at the three Right. Well, th- what well, their their overall problem? Right, that's true. But their overall problem has been it, what's interesting to me is if you look at their defensive rebounding numbers this year, they're not that bad. It just seems like whenever they need one, they can't get it. And 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 a lot of it seems to be with Bam at the five. I think it's because um, of Myers. Like I, they might need a little bit of that when he's back. I I, I feel like out. they've missed Myers more than we thought they would miss Myers. Like I I'm, I'm even seeing that sentiment on Twitter now. Like I that. That there is uh, there is a little bit more appreciation for what he was doing, particularly we saw how it kind of changed the whole tenor of the Philadelphia matchup, right, when he was back in there um, and was given the second stint in each half, which he wasn't getting early in the season. So I want to get into that. There's some other stuff I want to get into here. Uh, with Simon and with Alex. We're going to do more here in a second. Before we do, I want to tell you about a great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, Cervani Men's Custom Clothier. If it's frustrating to shop for dress clothes, you can never seem to find the right fit, color, or style. Maybe you feel like you never know what to wear or how to wear it. Maybe you got a wedding, a special event. Maybe you wear professional attire daily. You've got to go see Blanca over at Cervani Men's Custom Clothier. That's in South Miami. Her private showroom located right across from Sunset Place on Red Road. Cervani's been designing fine custom-made clothing in South Miami for over 30 years. Your custom-made suits, pants, shirts, and shoes will fit you just the way you like. So schedule a private consultation with Blanca to start looking your best and get the benefit of a female's perspective on men's fashion. Give her a call at 305 310 20853053102085 nothing fits like custom tailor clothes stop buying off the rack just a few minutes left here and before we go to our you've got the floor segment where i feature somebody on on facebook or twitter uh that got us a lot of uh, a love on Miami Heat source destination i'm going to go to another one tonight i think we go to heat the heat lifers um Facebook group, but Simon, all right, so how do you fix this? Okay, I mean, what do the numbers tell you? Because you, know, you, were, you were tweeting out some pretty remarkable stuff about BAM earlier this year. You know what, before we do, share one of those. That's sort of how I first started to notice your work was when you were out there kind of tweeting these stats about who BAM compared to, and there were names like Chamberlain in the mix. Um, give, me, give me a BAM stat. It doesn't have to be current. Give me something that you have posted this year.
2: Uh, pfft. Okay, <laughs> just let me kind of scroll down for one second, and I'll just get. Yes. Like,
0: we we, we, we will give you time to do that while I'm looking on the Facebook group for the angriest comment of the day. So that okay. that's uh, we got a few of those. Um, I think Alex, you were a big hit on one of the Facebook groups yesterday. So oh, really? How come? Uh, I don't know. I just, I just, you're just a big hit. You're always a big hit. I'm gonna here. I'm gonna go to. Heat, I'm gonna go to Heat Lifers on Facebook. We're gonna. We're all gonna do a little search here. This is real time stuff. Um. All right. So this, this, this the heat. We'll be, while Simon's looking for that, the Heat Lifers Facebook group has seven thousand members. It's a lot of damn members. Um, seven thousand members on here. Uh, this. I'm, I'm gonna read this comment. Uh, <laughs> and I think this sums up where Heat fans are. You ready? This is. This is. You have the floor. This is for Tony Aguirre. He posted this on Heat Lifers. Alex, your comments on this. Quote. To be honest, do we even want to make the playoffs? Realistically. <laughs> realistically how far would we get boston or milwaukee would kill us there's some nice players in the draft that would help this team next year that's
1: hilarious man the fact that he said that he basically is reasoning for not wanting to make the playoffs even though this team is well on their way to 50 plus wins that (laughs) basically his reasoning is just well i'm scared of the bucks and the celtics well guess what so am i but that's like two teams out of eight like <laughs> that's hilarious man but he's got a good point maybe they should just sell off jimmy and, and start uh, developing that young core
0: some fans can find any reason to tank any reason to tank i i forgot that he'd had a draft pick this year so you just um, gotta
1: wait for riley to retire for that to ever even as an idea in office
0: as, as i always said if you're waiting for the heat to tank you're, you're basically following the wrong franchise um because will be a Sixers
1: just, fan because it sounds like it, they might tank soon.
0: They, <laughs> they, they, they might have to. The the news on Embiid tonight was not great. Um, so with Embiid and with Simmons. So anyway, thank you. You had the floor, Tony, and you basically decided that the Heat uh, should try to go from projected to win fifty one to try to somehow win what thirty nine. Maybe just win a few games the rest of the season and pick up what the eleventh pick in the draft. Uh, will will
1: that even be possible to like? I, I don't so even think so many games that you make
0: it out of the playoffs. Like do, do the magic or do the nets have 37 wins? I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the nets, the who's, who's ninth in the East, Washington. I think it's Washington, right? Is that yeah. so? Yeah. I think it's Washington of all teams. Wow. Get Bradley Beal in the playoffs. All right, Simon, you've had time. We, we, you have got the floor back. Uh, get, give, yeah. me BAM, give me a BAMS, give me a BAMS stat. Uh,
2: this is from want from two days ago or two months ago.
0: Throw them, throw, them all, throw them all at me. Throw at me with
2: Oh, okay. well, So far this year, he's had four games of 13 rebounds plus, five plus assists, three plus steals, three plus blocks. He's had four games. The rest of the league combined have had two. Wow. Which are Andre, Andre Drummond and Ben Simmons. Wow. Um, early in the season, he, he's opening 30 games. He had posted 315 rebounds, 135 assists, 45 steals shot 56%. Him and Charles Barkley are the only players in history who've done that through 30 games.
0: No wonder Barkley likes him so much. Because Barkley's actually been positive on the heat for the first time in a while. I mean, I think some of the stats you, <coughs> you've been giving out all year have helped me put into perspective what we're watching. Um, now I want to watch him take some jumpers and be decisive. Uh, I, I just think we're at that point. I, I feel like the only person who doesn't realize Bam is that guy is Bam. Like, just, take over man like he's capable of taking over and I there a couple times last night again he would I mean he tried that dunk honestly if he finishes that dunk on the break they win the game because the crowd would have gone berserk um and probably pulled themselves out of it so he did go for it that one time but I just want to be see him be more consistently aggressive that that's my I love him I love everything about him I love his makeup I love his game I love his future Uh, I love the people who love him who who think he's the guy uh but he's got to be more aggressive that's just that's just my opinion I don't think he knows how good he is.
2: So. I think you mentioned that the other day against the Cleveland game where he had the dunk opportunity and he, he obviously kicked it out. Crowder missed the three in the corner. Yes. yes. That was the, yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's one of a number of things, but obviously you can't fault him in any way. No. But, yeah.
0: No, well, he, well, even yesterday, and I, I know, Alex, I, I think you differed with me on this. He had, was it you or somebody did, um, where he had, uh, he, he had uh, D'Angelo Russell on his back. Uh, but he had Olenek behind him and he made a beautiful pass to Olenek, which got the layup. But again, I'm like, sometimes I just want to see Bam take it. Just, just go for it. You have D'Angelo Russell on your back. Like
1: I don't remember differing with you on that, but I, the one thing I did say last night on the pod was that we maybe should give him credit because I saw the stat the other day where like the amount of dribble drives he's had this season has more than doubled maybe tripled it was like a week ago that I saw this particular stat but Bam has upped his volume significantly in that way and I agree with you there though he can still get better at it I think I think that's available to him pretty much all the time right because like he's always got a slower big on him there's always a lot of movement in the offense from shooters that are kind of bringing the centers up even more I think there's just a lot of positions for him to take advantage of that even more like I think he could really be he should be their second leading scorer, pretty much every game now, or if not first. Like I think he has an ability in him, even without the consistent jumper.
0: And that's the thing is, like, it's not even about him getting better. It's just about him realizing he's better. Like
1: a, I think he has, but I think he, he not yet.
0: Not I don't not, think not to that how point.
1: Good, he is yet.
0: Right. Well, hopefully, an off I'll help him do that. All right, uh, we got to run soon. So, Simon, where do people find your work?
2: Um, I, I write for uh, Hoops Habit. They're part of the fan sided network. So. My Twitter handle is at Simon Sperling. So that's where I basically, uh, yeah, you can find my work there. And obviously on the Twitter, I try and basically just try and provide stats and whatnot just that I find interesting and hopefully informative and, um, you know, sort of try and explain, help to explain what's going on. So that's that's where you can find me. Quick quick
1: question, Simon. Would you take them over the Sixers in the first round, which seems like it might be their likely opponent?
2: Yeah. On how you stand on them. I personally, Yeah, I would. I, if we can get home court, that is. If home court, I'd say definitely. Mm. Without home court, I, I mean, that's an obviously an easy answer. Is it 28-2 or whatever at home? So. Yeah, I think that's where we're at too.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I just think, I mean, both teams have the most drastic splits in the whole league, and um, so so you need the home court, and, and I, I keep saying, with the Heat, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. You don't have Hero and Leonard. They don't have Simmons. I mean, <laughs> they don't have Simmons and they don't have MB Like, secure the home court like that that that's what needs to happen to me if you're the five seed at this point this thing's disappointing like get the four the goal beginning of the season from the organization is what they told me up in west palm was home court first round of the playoffs it's right there for them so take it anyway simon thanks for joining us really appreciate it a little bit of a different spin on things today um alex and i will be at the heat dallas game on friday night and we may pod we may not depends how things go we weren't planning on potting after minnesota but bleep happens. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Fire Vision
2: Sports Network. Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to $200 in fee-free overdraft with a Chime checking account. Sign up today at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.